Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And you're listening to How to Not Get Killed. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. That is the name of the podcast you're listening to right now, in case you didn't know. Now you know. We have informed you. Yeah. Have you ever seen the episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob, I can't remember if it's regular SpongeBob or normal SpongeBob, but he like goes to work and he like doesn't have his holes anymore. Like he looks very plain and he goes up to everyone and he goes, hi, how are you? <laughs> have you seen that? Um, I mean, I can't recall the specific episode that you're talking about, oh. but I feel like the voice <laughs> very good impression well um i feel like that that sounds vaguely familiar to me yeah it's it's because that's like one of the only impressions i'm good at it's like drew's favorite thing whenever i like say to him like i'll look at him and i'll just smile and be like hey how are (laughs) you you have done that before now that you okay okay and if you haven't laughed it's because you didn't get the because i didn't know it was spongebob um but yeah so anyways i feel like now with like my throat and like the way my everything sounds I feel like it's even more spot on than it normally is. Mm-hmm. So, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's 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 me for today. Yeah. Well, I I guess it's me. It's, it's me you. today. I'm gonna take the road. It's you, baby. It's my first case. Yeah. Uh, Haley's flying solo. Everyone's gonna be like scrutinizing this. You're yeah. under a microscope. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> you are. <laughs> Why be, would you hope so? Be harsh critics. I need it. I need I need to know okay. tough you know, love tough love yeah I need to I want to be my best no no more like f- fluffy overly friendly like you did great sweetie like how your mom did to us oh my gosh yeah my mom just my mom my mom texted she, me and Becky the other day and said that she listened to the first episode of the podcast first of all she had been saying for weeks oh I can't wait to watch it I can't wait to watch <laughs> I can't wait to watch you guys. And I'm like, mom, um, if you're watching us, we have a problem and I'll be calling the police. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Can't watch us do this. Um, <laughs> she texted both of us and was like, I listened to the podcast. And we were both like, oh, oh, oh no. I like texted Haley privately out outside of that group chat. Cause all I saw was the first line just followed by like dot, dot, dot. And I was like, are we grounded? Yeah. Am I in trouble? Did I say something to upset your sweet mother? Because she texted me separately first and she was like, dad and I listen to your podcast. Uh, so let me know when you want our feedback. And that was it. Like there was, that's just all it said. And I was like, so oh, ominous. Okay. And I did, I just said, okay. Cause I, at that point I was like, I don't know if I want the feedback. I feel like it's going to be yeah. bad. And then she texted both me and you and was like, we listened to the podcast and we're like, oh shoot, we're in trouble. We're literally grounded. Like- and she said nothing but kind things. Yeah. And she but like but it was like very matter of fact that it was like it was first of all great laughs yeah second of all great voices she she did like a minute by minute like review which it was good. which was I great like, yeah it was, it great. was awesome it was great so great yeah she was very happy to be mentioned so um, hi mom yeah her her ego right now is just like <laughs> exploding hi mom hi dad hey guys hi how are you <laughs> so yeah well they'll probably be mentioned here and yeah. there throughout here and there here and there <laughs> not like, throughout the case no just i just mean like throughout. in general like throughout the thing i was saying like here and there like more like every single episode yeah yeah rose will probably message us and be like hey if you don't like 
mention me in this episode, we gonna have a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's so like, um, I didn't hear my name mentioned in the last one. I don't <laughs> it's know. The only reason why I listened. forgot. <laughs> Could you put it in your little notes or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hilarious! <laughs> Hilarious! So yeah, so uh, like we mentioned last week, mm-hmm. this is going to be more of a paranormal case <laughs> because I know that um, Jade covered one Mm -hmm. very interesting one and uh, i'm super stoked to get into some of that stuff because it's always something that's been very fascinating to me very scary i love everything scary scary movies scary books i love it scary podcasts yeah here we are (laughs) i like scary books i do like scary movies but i feel like no one ever watches them with me yeah, I know. I, I got to the point where I was just I started watching them by myself and then people were like, that's messed up. No, it's not. Um, I feel like the fact I, that people I, think it's messed up, that's messed up. It's people who don't like scary movies, though, like that, that mm-hmm. it scares them even watching it with a group of people that they can't wrap their head around someone just wanting to watch it by themselves. Mm-hmm. But Fair. I like I love horror movies so much that if I don't if I haven't watched one for a while, I like crave it where I'm like, yeah. oh, I want to watch a scary movie. Yeah, I want to get scared. You know, see, I, I'll watch ones that I've seen already alone i won't be like i'm gonna try out this new horror movie by myself in the middle of the night oh no okay no. i do that <laughs> well yeah because you're fucking insane yeah, <laughs> like, we, we've already established you need help like <laughs> so yeah yeah but, yeah drew, like getting drew to watch any movie with me is like twisting his arm any movie at all he's not a movie person and oh. if he is he's like He'll like sit down and be like, oh, this guy or like, you know, do like that background comment the whole time where I'm like, OK, I'm trying to watch this. Like <laughs> your, and your little comments are not helping. <laughs> well, so, you should you should get him to watch this movie then. OK, but I mean, it's not the greatest horror movie, but it's not bad. It's I'm going to make bad. him watch it with me tonight. I actually haven't seen it since it came out. I've but, never seen it. Um, so what I, the case I'm doing today, everyone. <laughs> we should probably tell them or just talk and say <laughs> yeah. like mysteriously this case the whole time. I'm, I'm sorry to keep you out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> They've already seen the title. They're fine. <laughs> so I'm going to do Annabelle today, which dun, dun, dun. is the demon doll, Ooh. the famous. And I will firstly point out that if you have seen the movie, the doll that this is based on in real life is not, um, I believe it's like a weird like porcelain doll sort mm. of thing in the movie. Yeah. In real life, this was a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, that's even scarier. <laughs> even I think scarier. I honestly do think it's scarier. Like yeah. a lot of people think that the movie version is scarier, but no, I just think that this like unassuming like doll that like so many people had as a kid. Yeah. Lots of people have Raggedy Ann I feel Ann like dolls. more people had Raggedy Ann than they did like porcelain dolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also find um what are they called ventriloquist dolls way scarier than porcelain dolls oh yeah one thousand percent right yeah yeah yeah, definitely yeah so yeah so i will i'll point that out first that she she is a raggedy ann doll raggedy ann and uh yes but first firstly what i wanted to get into was that um so most of the information i'm getting is from um a book called the demonologist Mm mm-hmm Shoot, I, I even brought it with me and I, I don't even have it out oh. to reference the author. Oh, shit. Well, and you know what? I will add it into the show notes as well. The oh, like perfect. title okay. and stuff. That so way, if it, anyone wants to look it up. Yeah. So the author is Gerald Daniel Brittle. And um, the book is called The Demonologist, The Extraordinary Career of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ooh. So if anybody has seen any of the Conjuring movies. Um, Very good. Yeah. Great movies. They're 
based on Ed and Lorraine Warren and the cases that they have worked. Um, they're arguably the most famous paranormal investigators mm. to ever have lived. They're both um, past now, but in their time, um, they definitely, they originally made a name for themselves after investigating the Amityville horror case. Oh. They were. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of where they... Can you cover that one at some point? I will cover it because it's in this book. (gasps) Um, And it kind of... The book actually kind of starts with that case because everyone everyone wanted to know what was going on with that house, of course. What is going on with that house already? (laughs) People were like, should we go in there? Should we not? And it's sort of... I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's... I mean, it's still standing. I don't know if anyone owns it today. Let's own it. But let's go record if anyone dares. Some people seek that out, though. They want to buy like a haunted house and stuff. I would never just feel like not the best investment. (laughs) Not a really good resale investment. (laughs) Um, Like I wouldn't buy one. I might do that whole thing where you like Airbnb one. (laughs) Good idea. Yeah, because you can do that. Let's pool our money. We'll buy the Amityville Horror House. We'll Airbnb it. Oh, See, you you went a different route. I meant like visit as an Airbnb. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought you meant you wanted to own and one to Airbnb. We're buying a I'm fucking like, That's house genius. together. Genius. We we could make so much money. Like people okay, would just actually let's fucking do it. I'm in. Down. I'm okay, in. Cool. It took two cool. seconds. I'm convinced. Perfect. <laughs> so so uh, yes, I absolutely one thousand percent will cover that case one day. Um, but I, I thought you were gonna say cover the cost. <laughs> so I was gonna make sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy it. I will 100% pay up front for all of that. <laughs> this is why we have money problems. <laughs> Can't worry. stop buying haunted do houses. You, do you need a house? I got it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So before we get into the actual case, I just wanted to touch a little bit on a little bit of background about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Because, again, a lot of people that have seen the movies, one, might not even know that they were real people. And two... Um, there's obviously a lot of skepticism around paranormal things yeah. and and I'm not going to sway one way or the other, but I'm going to read the book is from the perspective of Ed and Lorraine mm-hmm. Warren. From their the story. author basically um, wanted to cover like their lives and their work up until this point. Now, granted, this book was published in 1980 mm-hmm. um, and they had basically been doing this since mm, I want to say the 50s. And Jeez. Lorraine Warren died in 2019. So mm. this is kind of actually, this book R. was R. sort of written in the middle of their careers. Wow. Um, but yeah, so it is from their perspective. And in the book, there is a lot of um, dialogue that is kind of taken from their actual recordings. Hmm. When they would do an investigation, they would have a tape recorder, sometimes a video camera, I would want to say in like the later years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of this, I will be reading some dialogue that's directly from the book, that's directly from their recordings. Cool. So we can kind of get a feel for like some of the things that were said during this time or at least a close approximation of some cool. of these things. Should I be wearing a diaper? Am I going to be scared? I don't know. It depends on what scares you. Um hmm depends on what Everything. scares you let's put it this way just hope that you know no one buys you a creepy doll everyone's gonna start I'm gonna sending do that now everyone's just gonna start <laughs> your birthday's me. coming up oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> don't tell everybody what it is i'm gonna just like receive a box of creepy doll <laughs> so heads. many dolls <laughs> please okay. don't don't do that <laughs> so okay i'll start from the beginning so ed warren um was born in monroe connecticut in September 1926. And Lorraine was actually born just a few miles away uh, in January 1927. 
Um, they got married at the age of 18 while Ed was still in the Navy. And once World War II was over, um, they both became artists. So Ooh. Ed had gone to art school before the war. Fancy. And I guess Lorraine also had an affinity for the arts and, and she liked to paint. So they they started, they were like, we'll, we'll paint pictures and we'll sell them and that's how we'll make money. But they wanted um, a subject for their paintings that was interesting, like hmm. something kind of different. So somehow they they started painting haunted houses okay that's kind of cool yeah super cool that's right? kind of cool to like bond over with yeah like your partner like oh let's do this so they would kind of again i don't know exactly how they stumbled upon like doing this but basically they would get info from locals in town or in a newspaper if there was something sort of like an article or they had heard that there was like this house that claimed you know the owners claimed it was haunted mm -hmm. ed would go and he would draw up a sketch of the house and then he would knock on the door and he would tell the owner that he would give them the sketch like in exchange for like information about their house or like what was going on if they hmm. wanted it yeah. um and then if the story was like interesting enough then they would paint the picture and then they would sell it at an, at an art show with like the huh. story kind of attached to it that's kind of cool yeah i think i mean it's kind of a cool idea um and so lorraine kind of talks about how in the beginning she was quite skeptical herself um about some of the things that these people were telling them um but ed had experienced he says um a lot of like paranormal and like supernatural experiences as a child that he felt like kind of he carried with him mm. into um you know adulthood and yeah. he had done a lot of reading like i think he was sort of like one of those people like me who was like fascinated by it yeah and so and, like, already like a really firm believer of like yeah any kind of yeah and lorraine was still sort of like i'm not really sure despite her being um a clairvoyant so basically Interesting. yeah a clairvoyant is described as someone who has the ability to see beyond physical time and space so um Again, this is something that a lot of people could be like, that's bullshit and whatever. And again, I'm not really like here nor there about it. Yeah. She basically says that when she was a kid, she was in Catholic school and um, there was like they were all standing in a circle in the yard because they had planted this little tree. Mm -hmm. And um, they were all like holding hands and like looking at this little tree sapling. And she said she remembers, I think she was like 11 or 12 at this point. She remembers like seeing this full grown like massive tree huh and she was like looking up at this like full-grown tree because she could see like, like what the tree was going to look like in yeah. like 30 years or whatever envision it yeah and one of the nuns was like what are you looking up at like the trees down yeah. here and like, she was lady. like i'm looking at the tree and she was like what do you mean and she was like i'm do looking at glasses? like the full-grown tree <laughs> like, what are you talking about lady and she was like do you mean you're seeing into the future and Lorraine was like, oh, yeah, like, I guess so. Like, little girl <laughs> sure. Lorraine. And they were like, oh, okay, none of that. And they sent her this, like, like none of that. <laughs> none none of that. <laughs> we will have none of that. <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I get one. <laughs> and they sent her to this, like, weekend, like, Bible camp thing where she had to, like, pray for, like, 16 hours a day huh. and like whatever and like repent and everything because they, like, they were like of course like a yeah. nun in the oh, god what this would have been like the 40s is like you're seeing into the future you're yeah possessed you're batshit <laughs> um and so she basically never talked about it after that she thought growing up she thought everyone had that sense hmm. she didn't Interesting. she was like i thought everyone had this like like 
the same sense as all six of them. All ten of them. <laughs> and um, so then it, she very quickly realized that she was different and wow. that she could see things or feel yeah. things that other people couldn't. And um, actually in the peak of like the parapsychology um, era in like this like 60s to 80s, there was a yeah. lot of money that was actually used to fund parapsychology research. Huh. It's, you know, again, yeah. a lot of people are like, it was bullshit and like a lot of the research yielded nothing but there's still a lot of research that was done yeah. on some of these things and there are there were some findings but basically um in the 70s lorraine was tested at ucla they had some sort of like clairvoyance test <laughs> and it says that her um skills were judged as being far above average huh. so because she went through most of her life not acknowledging these things um she you know she said that initially she felt like they're they were quite weak but once her and ed started to investigate these cases and and she made it a career yeah she really really developed them and so in the 70s she was testing the 70s like they would have been again like probably a couple decades into their work wow um and so they said yeah that her skills were far above average and again it's not it's not like a determiner but i mean she was at ucla and someone there believed it so (laughs) whatever like i feel like with something like that it's like if you're a non-believer, that's fine. But like, that doesn't change the fact that that person who has this ability truly feels that this is like how things are for them. Yeah. Like, and like, I think for someone like them, like like Ed and Lorraine, who um, it says here, like again, this was this book was written in the '80s, so at this point they had investigated over three thousand paranormal and supernatural disturbances. That's a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, over the span of three decades, huh. so. So again, um, Ed claiming that like, well, this is my wife and she, I've watched her repeatedly time and time again, yeah. be right about some of these things yeah. that I just can't explain. <laughs> so it's true. Like after a you while know, you'd be like, well, and, yeah, clearly And there's something. a couple instances in this story too, as well, that are just, they're a little weird. You can always chalk things up to coincidence or just like a lucky hunch, but sure. there's a couple of things in here that, um, that they pull on and again in the amityville horror story there's a lot of things her being a clairvoyant um that she was able to determine that other people weren't and so yeah so anyways a lot of people did in the 70s and 80s like call ed and lorraine out for being frauds for like tricking people for being like con artists and all this stuff which again you can you can totally believe that but i will point out that they never took money for their services okay good Um, to know they most they sometimes would ask for room room and board if it was feasible um which is fair because they were like coming to these people's homes yeah but they ended up making most of their money from um lectures people would would invite them to do lectures on their research um books movie and television licensing rights as well as get this tours of the little museum attached to their home that is filled with supernatural artifacts collected from their cases over the years oh that's cool. Which is it still like included open. Annabelle in a big glass case? You can Google it. I don't know now that oh, Lorraine Warren God. has passed. I don't know what happened to these things or if the museum yeah. still stands. I tried to look into it to see if like mm. we could go. We're go well. We're going. <laughs> yeah. Whether they want us there or not, we're and going. And it said that you could get like a video tour of it. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or if it was always that way because some of these yeah. things are actually deemed to be really dangerous um according to them (laughs) so i don't know if you were never able to view it in person but anyways i guess they gave tours and they made some money off of that that's cool um 
good for them yeah yeah absolutely i mean i yeah. would kill to see it also like my my whole point that i was going to say about like people being like oh they're frauds and stuff and it's like my stand on that is sure if you think they're a fraud that's fine but you don't need to like go at them because like if the people that have invited them into their homes to like help rid them of spirits or whatever the case may be if it helps it helps who's it hurting and that's my those are my thoughts exactly is that like they're not going into someone's home and being like hey you have a real problem let us help you with that and then pay us for it like they're being called by these people or by a priest or whoever that that knows how to contact them and these people are asking for help and they go in and i'm sure over the thousands and thousands of cases that they did maybe not every single person or family was left feeling like they helped but a lot of them were a lot of them were like these people actually helped us and again whatever it was that they did if it worked and these people feel safe now and they feel at peace then i don't have any problem with it especially because they're not asking people for money yeah um i feel like that's a big thing if they had been asking people for money all of those years then i'd be like yeah that's that's pretty iffy yeah but no they never um they stay in this book or they explain, you know, that they were like, we didn't choose this. We nope. just started again. Us. They started with these paintings. Yeah. And through that, Ed being fascinated by it was always sort of like he was always taking notes. He was always um, collecting sort of like his own body of research hmm. in this sort of field of, you know, para- paranormal, supernatural experiences. And um, he basically founded like the modern field of demonology Mm. um and at the time that this book was written there were seven recognized demonologists in north Uh. america ed was one of them the other six were priests so he is the only person and he did actually like he would tutor priests Hmm. um if they were ever to like go into the field of demonology or to like have to encounter any of it in their work yeah um he basically from all of his research he just basically found patterns of like all of these people that they talked to whether it was like ghost experiences or whether it was demon experiences um he was like there was always these like characteristic things and so through our investigations we eventually sort of learned ways to identify what was going on and help people and that's basically what they claim that they did all of those years. Interesting. And again, I have no issue. I yeah. I, I actually freaking love them. <laughs> well, they sound <laughs> Can you tell t- that I'm obsessed with yeah. them? But anyways. <laughs> you're like, I'm definitely not against them. And it's like quite obvious that you're like super for them. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I wish. I <laughs> they they sound cool as shit. Like they sound really cool. They honestly sound like cool people. And, um, and yeah, no one ever, like people that actually know them that write four words in this book and like make comments and things and they're like they were just genuinely nice people hmm. and they just wanted to help people well, the best go. that they could that's what and so that's that's the angle i'm going at it from if you yeah. feel differently feel free to email us or yeah. message me and just berate me and whatever but like do it, I, do it anyways yeah. just berate her <laughs> <laughs> so on to let's my, do it my favorite probably my favorite supernatural artifact in their museum um annabelle so <laughs> Annabelle was purchased from um, a store in 1970 by, um, so the girl that owned it, her name is Donna. So, but Donna's mom purchased this doll for her in 1970. Uh, One of the sources I was reading was saying it was likely purchased new since the particular dress that the Raggedy Ann doll is wearing um, does not precede the 1970s. Okay. So it was purchased in 1970. They're like, it's likely it was new. It wasn't like a secondhand doll or something. Um, 
So basically, one night in 1971, Ed Warren received a call from an Anglican priest in Connecticut who had received information from a minister somewhere else in the state. And basically, he said, you know, there's limited information. There's these two young nurses that had apparently communicated with a human spirit. And the priest says, "Um, I have my doubts about it being a human spirit because they say that one of their friends was physically attacked and was wounded. Not seriously, but but that's what they were claiming. So the priest basically said, um, you know, Ed, as a demonologist, could you go in and investigate and let me know if you think the church should get involved or if it's just like nonsense or if it's just like it, if it's a ghost. Yeah. Like the church were more involved in the in the demon right. cases, Makes not sense. not like a ghost because and they do explain a lot in their book about the difference between like a human spirit being someone who used to be alive as a human that like walked the earth okay. and died as opposed to like an inhuman spirit or a malevolent spirit that like a demon per yeah. se that was never never walked this earth that was never um alive huh. but, so they they That's they kind of um differentiate between the two and they explain again through all of their years of research and investigating like how yeah. to identify what is what yeah because me i have no idea i'm like it's yeah. all the same <laughs> and again lorraine being a clairvoyant like that was part of her like what she could sense and yeah. what she could feel um and so yeah so he basically was like let me know what's going on let me know if i should go over check there. this shit out and ed was like okay so he called the number that he was given and he verified some details and basically him and Lorraine just like hopped in the car and they were there within an hour. Hmm. Um, so they get to the apartment and um, Donna answers the door. She's 25 years old. She's a nurse. Her roommate, Angie, is also a nurse. Okay. Um, and her, Angie's fiance, Lou, was also there. Okay. So Ed set up his tape recorder and he was basically like, start from the beginning. Um, and Donna says, okay, well, there's there's kind of two stories. One involving Lou and one involving Annabelle. Um, but both are really about Annabelle. And Ed says, who's Annabelle? And Angie's like, well, she belongs to Donna. And Lorraine says, belongs? Is is Annabelle a live, breathing being? And Donna, <laughs> Donna replies, again, these are like quotes from the book. <laughs> Donna says, is she alive? Uh, she moves. She acts alive. But no, I don't think she's alive. And Angie says, Annabelle's in the living room. She's sitting on the sofa. So Lorraine turns and she sees a a Raggedy Ann doll sitting on the sofa. And she says, are you talking about the doll? And Angie says, that's right. The big Raggedy Ann doll. That's Annabelle. She moves. Huh. So they're like, See, like it sounds hilarious but sounds also like hilarious, in the moment I'm also I'd be like, like laughing out of like nervousness I'm like oh, <laughs> and everyone's okay. like oh Haley's lost it well also they're, they're walking in and they're like yeah yeah well Annabelle it's it's about Annabelle and they're like okay there's three people in the room okay so who the fuck are they talking yeah. about <laughs> they're like one two three, there's someone else <laughs> so Donna explains that her mother purchased a doll as a gift for her last birthday Ed like asks, her final birthday <laughs> <laughs> this is your final gift (laughs) this is the last birthday you're ever gonna have (laughs) and ed reasonably reasonable question he says why did your mom buy you a doll (laughs) well because well because she's 25 i was gonna say she's 25 i'm sorry i'm gonna say this mom if you're listening do not buy me a doll it's not cute (laughs) your mom just whipped out her notepad so fast it's like she wants dolls for her birthday perfect (laughs) 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 birthday christmas And she she just was like, I don't know, my mom like thought it would be cute for like decoration, like a no- it's like a novelty 
item. Fair. Whatever. Which I get. Whatever. Fair. It's 70s Raggedy Ann. I don't even know. So I'm pretty sure people were still giving me stuffed animals like well into like the beginnings of my 20s. Stuffed animals are cute. I would welcome a stuffed animal. Dolls? Not so much. No, not don't so much. Don't give me a doll. Unless it's like a really good collector's item and I can like make money off of it. <laughs> All right, listeners, you already here. Yeah. <laughs> so just like send me really expensive dolls. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, Not porcelain. No. Not no. with the eyes. That Those shit. are the expensive ones though, I feel like. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You have to pick. So yeah. so she said that they first started noticing activity about a year ago, shortly after she got the doll. Mm-hmm. Um, they started to realize that sometimes when they came home from work, the doll had moved. Hmm. So Donna said um, every morning after making her bed, she would put the doll on top of her bed with the legs straight out in front of her and the doll's arms down by its sides. She would come home and sometimes the legs would be crossed at the ankles or the arms would be folded in her lap. Um, So Donna was sort of like, hmm, okay, like, I don't Hmm. know. Am I just like, is it moving because of, I don't know, something in the room, like the wind or I don't know. So she started like doing different things with the doll when she left. She would start crossing the doll's arms or crossing her legs just to see if when she got home it was was different. Yeah. And so every every night she would come home from work and like the arms and legs would be uncrossed if she had crossed them and the doll would be sitting in one of a dozen different postures that that she had been observing over the the past few weeks interesting so it had always looked different than what she left it and okay and the other two people in the household angie and lou they weren't messing with the doll so so i'll get to that but so angie angie and donna live here together lou is the fiance is angie's fiance so he doesn't live there but he spends a lot of time there um and so (laughs) angie says so this is a quote from angie yeah but it did more than that the doll also changed rooms by itself we came home one night and the annabelle doll was sitting in a chair by the front door um it was kneeling the funny thing about it was when we tried to make the doll kneel it just fell over it couldn't kneel. Okay. So picture and, like a picture uh, like no, a doll's a reg- legs, right? Like no, the soft w- sort yeah. of they wouldn't it would topple to the side or just like it go would be straight. difficult. Yeah. To, I'm sure it's possible, but she's just saying we tried to do it and it would it kept falling over and then we come yeah. home and it's sitting in a chair and it's kneeling, just like perfectly still. Um Okay, that's actually really creepy. She says other times we'd find it sitting on the sofa, although we had left the um the apartment in the morning and it had been in Donna's room with the door closed. Ooh. So the girls explain um that the doll would also leave them notes. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, no. Yeah. So she said that it would appear to be in the handwriting of a small child. The notes would be written in pencil, which was the first weird thing because they said they would search the entire apartment and they couldn't no find pencil. a pencil anywhere, which I think is also weird because it's like what kind of like sane person doesn't have a pencil in their apartment, but whatever. Okay. I have one pencil. Well, okay, but mainly I, it's pens. I I agree. I'm just saying a pencil. Okay, fine. Sure. You know. Yeah, but yeah, anyways, yeah. they're claiming they never had a pencil in the apartment, and mm. these notes were written in pencil. The weirder part is that these notes were written on parchment, <gasps> and the girls were like, "We certainly don't have parchment in the apartment." <laughs> like, like, can scrolls? you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I'm just writing my grocery list on my parchment <laughs> on my paper. Parchment. Like, <laughs> for for like originally when you said parchment, I was thinking like. The parchment paper you bake with? Oh, no. <laughs> not like not the that. No, they're talking about like parchment. Yeah. Like, no, I got it. I got it yeah. after a second of me being like, what? The cookie sheets? 
<laughs> Annabelle was baking. She was always we baking gone. them cookies. She didn't save us anything, obviously. She was just writing down the recipe. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they were like, we certainly do not have parchment in the apartment. Um, the notes <gasps> the notes would say things like, Pardon. help us or us? help Lou, oh. the fiance. And they were like, well, that was weird because, like, Lou's fine. Um, <laughs> He's like, no, but seriously, though, fucking help I don't me, need please. any help. Um, so, um, Ed like you asked he said does someone have a key to the apartment and they're just like playing a joke on Mm -hmm. you and the girl said well we thought of that um and so when we leave the apartment for a while we started like putting marks on the door like tape or something Mm. to see if on the doors and the windows to see if someone was opening them or they'd arranged like the rugs in a way that they could see if someone had opened the front door um and so they would come home and nothing had been touched sketchy so they were like we're pretty sure like if someone was coming in like we would notice at this point yeah um and so and i'll get to lou because i know you're like thinking like it was lou fucking with them or whatever he has i've tried to turn that off i want to i want to keep an open mind he has you'll yeah so um donna added that one time they came home and there was blood on the back of annabelle's hand and there was three drops of blood on her chest okay so so that that's all fine and well these two <laughs> these two are nurses correct yes could they have taken a blood sample and like tested to see whose blood it was well they're nurses i don't know if they're like forensic lab technicians i'd be like so i don't know if they pull in my hookups know. and be like this is also this is also like 1971 sure. fine okay fine so okay. Th- it's it was still around it's just yeah i don't know if they had that kind of pull okay <laughs> to okay be yeah. like hey can you test this doll <laughs> test this doll <laughs> and they're like see. you're fired <laughs> um so ed asked like you know was there anything else weird that happened and angie's like well one time around christmas we found a little chocolate boot on top of the stereo and none of us had bought it so we we assumed it came from annabelle <laughs> which i'm kind of like that's hilarious where it's that like that is weird oh, what a cute like she bought us a christmas gift <laughs> she's leaving presents oh yeah and they're like but so- tomorrow you die <laughs> Chocolate today it's chocolate. Today, death tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so they were like, yeah, so that was weird. Um so basically, um, Donna said that they knew that the doll was moving and it was like trying to communicate with them, but they they didn't know why. Mm-hmm. So great, great idea. So they got in touch with a medium. Oh, always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially again Always. in the seventies, there was this huge like sort of rise in like yes, there was mediums helping police investigators and stuff. And again, like people like Lorraine, like Claire, like people claiming to be clairvoyant. And yeah. I think that's why there's a lot of like skepticism because there were so many people who were claiming to be these things that really yeah. couldn't prove anything or weren't no. showing any results. Or it would be like they'd give like really blanket like things that like yeah, could apply to anybody. Things. Yeah. So basically, the um, I'm not actually not knocking this medium because she she kind of like ed and lorraine basically explained later that she played almost like a middleman between the spirit and them it's mm-hmm. just that the medium the medium interpreted things wrong mm, okay so the medium told them that a seven-year-old girl named annabelle higgins had died on the property a long time ago um and the little girl explained um that she had always been surrounded by adults and she had never had anyone to play with and mm. she felt like donna and angie could be her friends and okay. so that's why she started moving the doll to like get their attention. And this is how the medium is interpreting. What? Yeah, this is what she this is what she's hearing, I guess, from the spirit because they did like a séance or something. Okay. And she's like this is what the spirit's telling me. So she said all she wanted was to be loved. 
and she asked if she could move oh. into the doll and they said yes and so <laughs> i know what you're i know what you're thinking and then tomorrow <laughs> death <laughs> ed ed says and again this is a quote wait a minute here <laughs> So I'm Ed, is what you're telling me. <laughs> what do you mean it wanted to move into the doll? Do you mean it proposed to possess it? And Donna says, right, that was the understanding. It seemed harmless enough. We're nurses, you know, and well, we see suffering every day. We had compassion. Anyway, we called the doll Annabelle from that time on. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I'm like trying to find the words that I have about their logic of allowing this to happen. Yeah. Whether, sure, it seemed harmless enough. And that's fine. It could feel harmless. But at the same time, I think if you and another human being like are sitting there thinking, should we let this spirit like become part of this physical object in front of me? I might be like, whether the intentions are harmless or not something ain't right well, here <laughs> yeah i feel like it's one of those things where it's like okay if you're at the point now where you believe that this is a real spirit yeah you just like don't know enough about no like get help no now. no one at this point i think other than ed and lorraine probably <laughs> know enough about spirits to be able to comfortably yeah. be like yeah yeah this is all okay this is this is harmless yeah and I do get their reasoning because they're like, we're nurses, we're compassionate people. And the, and and we they believed they were talking to a seven-year-old girl who was like, I never had anyone, like any friends or anyone to play with. And I just want to be around you guys. It's not a real body regardless. No, okay. no. And so um, basically, so Lorraine asked, you know, did you guys do anything different with the doll after this so-called like possession with this little girl spirit and donna said no but to them at that after that point it wasn't just a doll anymore to them it was annabelle it was the spirit of this little seven-year-old okay. girl and so they felt like they couldn't ignore that um and so ed asked if they had ever seen a little like a ghost of a little girl or anything in the apartment or anything like that and um and they said no um and then he asked you know is there anything else that happened kind of like the boot the chocolate boot at christmas that you couldn't explain and donna said well one time a statue lifted up across the room and then it tumbled in the air and oh fell on the that floor. time <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what now that you mention yeah. it actually yeah uh that something time. did happen um <laughs> she said, i like that you literally really casually <laughs> brought that in oh well there was this one time that my, <laughs> my house lifted it. off the ground and spun around in circles this is how i'm reading like the dialogue lead in the chapter that. is like or just arranged the way that it happened so lead with that anything <laughs> else <laughs> like you shouldn't have to pry for that kind of information yeah so she said she said a statue lifted up um across the room and then it tumbled in the air and then fell on the floor she said none of us were near the statue it was on the other side of the room and the incident really freaked us out well no shit um <laughs> <laughs> well no fucking shit also i'm picturing like uh like eight foot tall no. statue <laughs> i would imagine not it was probably like a small like shelf type statue yeah. but like yeah i'm imagining like the statue of david just like <laughs> barreling through. yeah just manifested like, in our apartment it, it came here it just like assembled itself and then... um oh so so yeah i'd asked um if he asked the girls do you think you should have given this doll so much recognition um and they said that they didn't really think 
it was that big of a deal at the time but looking mm. back now maybe they yep. shouldn't second have. guessing their decisions yeah. <laughs> and um lorraine asked the girls if they still believed that what was moving the doll was the spirit of a of a little girl mm. and angie said well what else could it be a liar <laughs> a really and strong and like, oh let me tell you <laughs> so lou at this point lou had a little bit of an outburst um and he said he had always told the girls that it was like a some sort of voodoo doll um and like that it was bad news and so ed was like okay lou why don't you tell us like your side of the story because you haven't spoken yet and so he said and again this is a this is a quote from lou um i didn't like the doll and the doll didn't like me right back the things got a mind and dolls don't have minds right so from the beginning i didn't think that this thing moving around the apartment was cute see and i'm like i'm with lou lou you sound <laughs> lou reasonable. is my guy yeah <laughs> no it doesn't sound cute that it's lifting up statues and tossing it across no i think that he's probably like ed and lorraine are sort of trying to get out of these girls with the interview where they're sort of saying like okay we don't want to blame you hard for this but like you yeah you maybe didn't handle this in the right way when you realized that something really weird was going on yeah and you were sort of like oh but it's a cute little girl and we'll acknowledge it and then we'll we'll be friends with it and we'll, well engage no. with it and lou was I think what most of us are thinking where he's like, as soon as these things started to happen, I would have been like, get it out of here. Get me out of here. Yeah. Like, let's creepy. not play with this thing. Little, little girl or not. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Lou goes on to explain that since um, Donna got the doll, he had started having um, recurring dreams in like about it, like with the doll. Did, involved. Do you know if these recurring dreams only happen like when he was staying over? Or if they did, they happen. No, all the time. they happened like even when he was at home in okay. his own apartment. Um, so he said that the last one he had was was like the most disturbing. He said that he fell into a deep sleep at home, um, and he woke up and felt something very wrong. And he was looking around and he didn't really see anything out of place, but he just felt like that really bad feeling, like when just he just felt like something was wrong. Mm. Do you get that in dreams sometimes? Yeah, just like I don't know what it is, but I've I feel... had dreams where it's just like I'll be like sitting on my couch doing something totally normal but i'm like this is a nightmare for some reason yeah yeah exactly and so uh, that's kind of what yeah. i'm thinking when he says that so um he said that he then looked down at his feet and saw annabelle and she started gliding up his body and stopped at his chest scary um she put putting the moves on him <laughs> yeah, i know it sounds really like it sounds <laughs> sexual it does um he, she put um an arm on either side of his neck and then he felt himself being strangled and he said he was also sort of having like an out-of-body experience where he was like watching this oh, happen to like himself sleep paralysis but yeah like, exactly yeah. like that but he was also feeling it and so he said he was like twisting and trying to like get her off and she could like he couldn't get her off and she was like strangling him hmm. um and he said yeah he watched the whole thing happen like an out-of-body experience wow. and so ed was was kind of wondering and he asked him like oh so is this like the physical attack that i was told about on the phone he was thinking maybe like they were portraying this sort of like dream this like lucid dream as, the physical. as a physical attack and lou was like nah nah no that's like, not even no close. this bitch tried to stab me <laughs> um it's like that's nothing we got into a no 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 fight. that's just the, that's just in my dreams that's just her freddy krueger yeah. impression jesus so um he said that it was around 10 or 11 p.m and it was just him and angie in the apartment in angie okay. and donna's apartment yeah. but donna wasn't there okay it, it was just lou and angie and um they were 
the sign of the times they were looking over maps because lou was going on a trip the next day <laughs> oh my god remember when like that that used to be like the way of getting around like how do you like how yeah i know i, I remember talking survive. to my parents about that where i was like what did you guys do and they were like, like we just go somewhere <laughs> outside of the city my parents were like we had maps my we dad's like your city. mom is terrible at reading them um <laughs> oh, i'm really shocked times. to hear that rose is horrible at reading maps for some reason <laughs> this is shocking news to me <laughs> Totally um, see that. <laughs> yeah. So so he was he was planning his trip. He was reading over maps and everything. And they both heard sounds coming from Donna's bedroom. Um, so they kind of both thought maybe someone had broken into the apartment. Um, so Lou got up and he went over to the door, which was closed. Yeah. And he kind of waited for a few seconds and the sound stopped. So he opened the door and then he quickly reached in to turn on the light no because i mean like yeah well i don't know i think that's probably a good idea i, I wouldn't know. want to be entering that always room like turn in the dark and, yeah <laughs> so he he reached in he he turned on the light um and no one was in there but annabelle had been tossed on the floor in the corner hmm. so lou went over but then he suddenly got a feeling that someone was behind him oh fuck so that's he, that's never a good feeling to no. have even if no one's behind you I'll be like farting and pooing continuously if I feel like someone's behind me. It'll just if someone is behind me, they will no longer be behind me because I'll just be like a stream of stench. Like, well, maybe this is exactly what Lou was thinking in this moment, yeah, where he's he probably was like, to "Shit myself." I already I'm don't like this doll. I feel like there's someone behind me. So he turns around, and then, and then from Angie's perspective, she, um, she hears him scream, and she runs in, and he's like doubled over and bleeding. So Whoa. there was blood all over his shirt and um, Lou was shaking and terrified. Um, they went into the living room and they opened up his shirt and there were cuts on his chest that looked like claw marks. <gasps> so um, she, Angie He didn't says, shit his pants. This wouldn't have happened if he had just evacuated his bowels because <laughs> whatever the demon behind him would have been like, nope, this guy's unclean. <laughs> I'm getting away. I don't know. I mean. The key I, is shit your pants. I don't know if that's ever been investigated, whether like the stench of feces would scare off a demon. I have heard the opposite. I've heard that demons smell really bad when they yeah. are present. You get like this really like you can smell, Sulfur this, smell. Like, really like dank, like dank, disgusting, <laughs> I don't like rotten smell. Um, but I don't know if anyone's ever turned it on them. So, well, my new theory is shit your pants. Well, he that's uh, my theory with attackers. According to them, he didn't. But who knows? He could have. And they were like, we'll just leave that out for, you know, OK, like, just. I'll, Save I'll go some on of Mythbusters. <laughs> but he got beat up by a doll, okay? Like, he's yeah. already ashamed enough. <laughs> he, he already doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so so she said there were three vertical slashes and four horizontal slashes, so seven in total. Hmm. Um, Lou says that all of the cuts were, like, hot to the touch, like he had been burnt. <gasps> um, and Ed asks if he could see the marks, and Lou said that um, that they had already healed, and Donna... Donna jumps in and she said, I saw them myself as well when I got home. So like I all three of them yeah. were attesting to this. Um, Take Ed, pictures. Ed, I know. Whip well, out your iPhone 1971. <laughs> <laughs> like Portrait your Polaroid. Mode. Well, a Polaroid. Yeah, I don't they know. do have maybe, cameras. Maybe like... I don't know. So um, Ed asked, like, you know, had you ever had any cuts like this before? Did you lose consciousness before or after mm. the attack? Like, uh, maybe he's wondering if he had, like, fallen or, or hit something. Um, In, like, and a Lou really said weird no. direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fallen seven times. Yeah. Up and down and then sideways. Like. Um, I think he's just trying to cover all of his bases. Yes, and fair. And Lou was like, no, I didn't lose consci consciousness at all throughout the entire experience. Um, and nothing like this has ever happened to me before. Hmm. And so Lorraine asks how long the cuts 
took to heal. And Lou said, well, they healed up almost immediately. They were half gone the next day and fully gone the day after. And they left Weird. no marks. Weird. Um, so Donna said that um, this is this is when she contacted the priest. So she, um, like, they asked, why didn't you call a doctor? And she said, well, like, first of all, like, I mean, they healed really quickly. And <laughs> Well, I would still be like... This think, healed way too quickly. Yeah, <laughs> no, for suspicious. sure. But I think that they were more concerned with how <laughs> the cuts happened, not like that the they happened. Process, yeah. Um, they were more like something messed up is going on. Yeah. So that's why they're like, we're calling a priest. <laughs> we need to call in the big guns. We need Ghostbusters in here. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that's never my go-to where I'm like, where's no. the fucking priest? And I like, think that in the seventies, <laughs> that's everyone's um, go-to. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously, I I think it's it's goes without saying that people were much more religious back then and I, I think a really religious person now would think to call a priest in a situation like this but i think even back then yeah it was probably more common yeah now um, we just hit up google yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or we listen like a podcast or yeah something. <laughs> or just you know listen to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll tell you yeah i'll tell you how to get rid of yeah, a demon shit your pants you're safe <laughs> um so yeah so she says like we wanted to know how they happened so um father hagen which is the the priest that they had called taught at the nearby junior college and both donna and angie knew him and they trusted him okay so um when donna told him the story she said she was afraid he didn't he wouldn't believe her but he did and he said that he didn't want to speculate but he believed it could it could be a spiritual matter and he wanted to contact someone higher up in the church um which was father cook and so that's who called ed okay um and he said that he had never heard of anything like this happening these days Mm. father hagan was like oh in my career yeah. like i've i don't really i haven't heard of something like this happening yeah. um and so ed and lorraine kind of asked a few more questions but they called father cook to come over and um the girls were like yeah we're like we feel like there's something in the apartment and and we're actually moving to a new apartment and ed says i'm afraid that's not going to help you very much and and at that point they were like wait what like i don't un- i don't understand so again this is this is the 70s so ed and lorraine had been doing this for over two decades at this point um and he explained that from their experience he believed they had inadvertently invited a spirit not only into their apartment but into their lives and um you can't just like walk away from it like now it's it's not really attached to your apartment it's attached to you yeah okay um so the first thing that they suggested happen was that father cook come over and bless the apartment and sort of do like um an exorcism of the premises which okay. is what he called it Just toss some sage in that bitch but I, I actually do know people who have had um like who are religious or their parents are religious who have yeah. had like when they move into a new house they have a priest come over and like bless it okay um i i have heard of that before and know people have done that as far as like just ridding it of like any negative energy or sure yeah, it, yeah, yeah. or from a, a religious perspective negative spirits right so yeah he was like, we're going to have Father Cook come over and do that. Um, Ed says, to begin with, there is no Annabelle. There never was. Um, he, and he goes on to explain that um, all of these things that happen, like the teleportation, the notes on the parchment, the three drops of blood, um, as well as like the like the positions and the gestures that all, you know, they found her in all the right. time. He was like this. They all have meaning in from his experience. Yeah. And this implies intent, which... Um, means that he believed they were dealing with something intelligent. Hmm. Interesting. 
so he explains that ghosts or human spirits, like I said, a human spirit is like someone who used to be alive, um, can't bring on phenomena of this nature or intensity and that they were therefore dealing with something inhuman, <gasps> something demonic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so um, he said their first. So here you go. Here's like a for any of you listeners out there. Here's like a crash course on like course. what not to do. He says <laughs> your first mistake. This was, is this is how to not get killed. How to by not the get way. killed. I'm yeah. straight up here. Okay. So this is from Ed, yeah. Ed's mouth himself. Yeah. He says the first mistake was giving the doll so much recognition. Um, moving the doll was the spirit's way of drawing attention to itself. And once it, you know, had their attention, it, it exploited it that. It played off of that. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And, um, you know, the girls never like put it away or got, tried to get rid of it. They actually, they engaged with it. And so that's what yeah. he was saying is like, that was probably like the first wrong move. Mm -hmm. Um, the next mistake he said was calling a medium. Um, because he said the medium was used as an instrument of communication by the entity and, it used the medium to feed Donna and Angie lies. So that's why I mean like manipulation. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine don't seem to be saying that this medium is like a fake. Like they're actually saying, oh no, like they communicated with the spirit. It's just, they didn't catch the fact that the spirit was tricking them. Yeah. Right. So, and that's not, again, I, I don't really know like the difference between, I didn't look up the definition of a medium, but I guess yeah. maybe like someone like Lorraine, who's a clairvoyant, like can sense things like that <coughs> better um whereas maybe a medium can just like communicate i don't know um but he said that like demons are deceitful and they'll say whatever they they need to in order to gain access to someone's life because they will say repeatedly in this book if anyone chooses to read it that um like you don't just like get possessed like you need to either invite this this spirit into your life mm -hmm. or give them permission um mm -hmm. and so again like a lot of they say like eight out of ten cases it's ouija boards i it's, think oh. i have one <laughs> and i'm like we all played with ouija boards as a kid like i played with them like i'm we would make them we would like draw yeah. them on pieces of paper and use like a bottle cap and stuff and like everyone but it's not just like having it it's like actually using it and, yeah and seeking out spirits and that's how they... to be fair i bought mine from toys r us so i'm pretty i know they sure. sell them at toy stores they do mm. um and so they were Those but they were just bitches. saying from their experience it's like Things like that to do with like the occult, like uh, yeah. Ouija boards or tarot cards even, which mm. is kind of surprised me. But they just said that they, you're opening up a doorway. Like a channel, it's, yeah. it's not saying that you're guaranteed like going to invite in like a demonic spirit or a malevolent spirit or an evil spirit or anything like that. They're just saying that like you're opening up the doorway to let them in. Yeah. And then again, they'll try and trick you and be like, oh, my name's Tommy. I'm nine years old I'm and I want to be your friend. Can I live in your house? Yeah. And you're step, like, step, yes. Step. And they're like, you said yes now. You can't take it back. Like I, I wouldn't even be saying like yes to like nice I little know. Tommy. Like, people, I know. Like, but some people... You're just too nice no you gotta learn to say no guys yeah <laughs> so no means no okay <laughs> um he said that and and then he goes on to say the worst mistake of all was giving the demon um the permission it needed to move into the doll mm. um yep. he I said i could have told you that one well yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> like i mean i'm no demonologist but like yeah i told yeah. you that for free i don't need like 50 years of experience yeah. to tell you that one <laughs> just five minutes of experience on this podcast ed said that to really interfere with your life um the demon needs to have permission from mm. you um that's good to know because i i just wouldn't i'd be like and again nope. that's what i'm saying like they will he says that they are deceitful and they'll lie and they'll try like different ways to trick you into giving them permission but mm. like you still have to explicitly it's like with um 
was that the vampire diaries you have to like invite them inside the vampires like if the, you don't invite them inside they can't come into your house mm. so again they can try and trick you into inviting them inside yeah. but if you don't actually explicitly invite them in they can't do anything really like damaging to right you. okay makes so sense. makes sense that's basically what he what he's saying yeah. um yeah, he went on further to explain that the, the doll itself is not possessed, that demons can't possess things, they can only possess people. Um, mm. So the spirit was basically like moving the doll around to give this illusion that it was alive, that it was the spirit of this little girl. Okay. But in reality, the the demon was just like there. Yeah. Like he Floating just, about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just wasn't, I called him a he. It's like, I don't know. It's like, we don't like know a, it's just a being. Don't um, assume his gender. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so ed was like yeah it was just it was just moving the doll to make you believe that like it it was just in the doll but it's actually kind of everywhere Mm, um that's scary yeah (laughs) and so um because they believed it was annabelle the little girl um they accepted these occurrences leaving them kind of like wide open to being taken advantage of or caught off guard so um ed goes on to explain that because Lou had never like believed in this whole thing. Like from the get, Lou was like, this is bullshit. And you guys think this is cute. It's not cute. So um, he was kind of the demon would see him as a threat uh, because he's not seeing through the lies or he is seeing through the lies. Sorry. Yeah. He's not, he's not being fooled. Yeah. And so that's why the attack happened on Lou. Hmm. Just get him out of the way. Yeah. Just to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and so he says that Ed says, I've seen many attacks like this before in, in my career. Um, the claw mark is very symbolic. Like that is a very like demonic, um, yeah. like marking. It makes um, sense. Makes sense. And he says that Lou got off easy, and that given another week or two, that all three of them might be dead. <gasps> in his experience, from what he had seen, because he had he had seen people die um, in occurrences like yeah. this again. I like you that can we dispute. both chuckled when we were like, "He's seen people <laughs> He's die." People <laughs> die. <laughs> um, but again, you can dispute whatever like other causes of death. But in Ed's experience, he's like, "I've seen these mm. patterns," and then all of some those people, seven people just had heart attacks. At the exact some same people moment. end up dead, and, that, and that's that. So he was like, "You you got off lucky." Um, and I think that's part of the reason why they like Ed and Lorraine were like they got the call and they're like, "We're going right now." Yeah, because if it is what they thought it was, then they were like, "We don't have time to waste." So, um, Donna asked if this entity was in the house now and lorraine said yeah i'm afraid so there is only one um involved because they had dealt with cases where there was like numerous Mm, demons involved um but it's um behavior is completely unpredictable so father cook at this point had arrived and and it was about an hour before the sun was about to set so ed was like okay great let's get this done before dark um yeah how come everything scary happens at night yeah yeah and i think ed's like you just let's just not push it so let's just just not push the envelope here guys (laughs) um so he requested that father cook read um an exorcism blessing and father cook said you know he wasn't super familiar with demonology and he appeared a little bit like uncomfortable in his role as like priest i guess head priest of uh, possession yeah (laughs) and so he asked ed like how do you know that it's it's a demon like how do you know that it's this type of entity and so ed went on to explain like that demons behave in very characteristic ways we've seen this many many times before um we believe that it was in the infestation stage of possession so Mm. there's um like again they explain all of this really in detail in the book but they there's four stages so infestation um oppression obsession and then possession 
I would I would argue like I'm, I don't want to argue with Ed, but oppression usually is when like the physical attacks start. Okay. So I would say they were probably moving into the oppression stage because yeah. Lou, you know, was attacked. And yeah. so um, but that's what he said. So he's like, it's they weren't like cl- like, yeah, almost possessed. It's just it was he. that's the stage he believed it was in from their accounts. And so um, he explained everything that the nurses had told them and added that Lorraine was a gifted clairvoyant and she had never been wrong about these things before in the past. So, and again, this is a quote from Ed and I love this. (laughs) He says, however, um, if you want to go a step further, we can challenge the entity right now with religious provocation. Um, You'll be able to see for yourself. And then Father Cook cuts him off. He's like, no, 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 that's okay. (laughs) It will not (laughs) be necessary. (laughs) Not Um, doing that one. Like I, love, I was like, if you really, if you want to see it for yourself, and we can provoke it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to poke this bear with me? <laughs> um, you're gonna have to probably read a longer exorcism yeah. blessing, but if you're prepared <laughs> to do so. So am I. Um, and Father Cook's like, no, I'll just do my job and I'll get out of here. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, he performed the uh, exorcism blessing in each room of the house, which took five minutes each, um, and then he blessed everyone present and Lorraine. Um, confirmed that she felt like that had been sufficient and that the spirit had had left and so but donna requested you know she was like if you guys don't mind could you take this doll (laughs) fair (laughs) totally fair i mean they're the experts in the situation and ed and lorraine were like yeah i think that's best um and so um ed decided not to drive on the interstate because Again, like you'll read some of these stories in this book, and if I'm you... so sorry, Taco has something she'd like to say. <laughs> She's literally moving. Just like, um, like... hello, acknowledge me. <laughs> this actually isn't Taco. This is Annabelle. <laughs> Don't Can acknowledge her. Can you not her. move my microphone, please? Thank you. Don't acknowledge her. Don't invite her in. She's already inside. We're I literally screwed. called her up here. <laughs> Becky, I'm, I'm so sorry. You asked for it. I'm so sorry. Okay, so, so yeah. Um, again, like in this book, they explain like things that have happened to them like over their entire life um and so ed was just like i'm not gonna drive in the interstate um and so they had had a they bought a brand new car before this and at every curve in the road the car stalled so they're driving home with annabelle in the freaking back seat and um <laughs> and fucking demon joe and the in car the back keeps stalling and they're like god damn it, this is a brand new car um, that's so weird and the car re- was repeatedly swerving like trying to swerve off the road like ed's like trying to drive it and like the wheel is the being, car's like, like i i'm the captain now yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly um and so they were just sort of like we could have just tossed the doll but then that would leave like that would be dangerous for like someone someone's gonna pick it up and then we're gonna do this all over again yeah so um ed takes out a vial of holy water from his bag and <laughs> as one usually carries oh yeah 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 <laughs> In his line of work, yes, you always have uh, a couple I'm vials start of holy carrying, water. Oh, she's coming to you now. <laughs> I'm oh start carrying gosh. holy she's water. She's on the prowl. Yeah, she's like, whose microphone can I push up against and scream into? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he he takes out his holy water. He splashes it on the doll. He makes the sign of the cross over it. And then he starts driving again. And the car was fine the rest of the way home. No stalling, Sometimes no swerving. You just gotta splash some holy water. That's on all it. you need, everyone. If you do a lot of driving in, yeah. you know, your life, get some holy water. Hey, um, I do a lot of driving. I'm gonna start carrying around like a big old bucket of holy water. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you have the a demon power doll. Of Christ in... compels you just to like me passing a bad driver. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is gonna cure your road rage. Well, like, 
<laughs> we'll see. Miracles don't happen that often. <laughs> that takes um, a whole different kind of possession to, or, or exorcism to cure my road rage. So anyways, they, they say that they that's what they did. And then the rest of the drive home was just smooth sailing. Um, <laughs> so for a few days, the doll sat on a chair next to Ed's desk. Oh. Um, he says... I'm picturing him saying this casually, but anyways, he says he observed it um, levitating a few times and then yeah. falling to the floor casually. You know, yeah. like we see. I often that all also the time. just levitate for no reason. So like I, <laughs> yeah. I do it like at least twice a day. Guys, it's... I'm looking at Becky. She's levitating right now. <laughs> <I'm> fucking hovering <laughs> above my chair. Um, so he's like, yeah, it would, it would just it would levitate and fall to the floor. Um, in the next few weeks, when the Warrens went away, they would come back and find the doll in various rooms of the house even though it had been locked in Ed's office. Mm. Um, they would also, they said they would also often see a black cat um, like manifest next to the doll and it would just like kind of walk around Ed's office and then it would go back and sit next to Annabelle and then it would just dissipate. And they both saw this, I guess. Huh. So um, they felt the doll, they had an inkling that the doll hated clergymen. Mm. So <laughs> because... Um, for a couple of reasons. So one time Lorraine came home to um, loud rolling growls. You're just oh. hearing. And again, that's like, that's something characteristic of like, de like demons that yeah. they're like, you hear like growling noises or like these deep, like gurgly kind of, or like a yeah. scary voice. Right. So she comes home, she hears these like loud growls. Um, and when she checked the answering machine, there were back to back messages from Father Hagen. But between the two messages was a recording of the growling that Lorraine heard when she walked uh, in the door. Annabelle's pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Annabelle pissed. <laughs> just toss some holy water. You're good. <laughs> On the answering fresh. machine. Just douse it. <laughs> the power of <laughs> That's like my favorite. So uh, one day, um, one of their like uh, one of the priests they had worked closely with on numerous occasions uh father jason uh, a catholic exorcist was working with ed um and asked about the doll and ed explained um you know the story and he gave him like the case file to look at it he's like if you want to read like what happened and the priest picked up the doll and said you're just a rag doll annabelle you can't hurt anything stab 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 and ed jokingly was kind of like you you better not say yeah. that like i wouldn't do that if i were <laughs> like, you man i've seen her levitate um and he was just like yeah i don't know bad idea don't tempt fate you know yeah. i don't know don't push it don't when push he it. um so when when father um jason went to leave an hour later lorraine he went to say goodbye to lorraine and she was sort of on edge and she was like just please be extra careful on the roads like and please please call us when you get home mm -hmm. like she was just being like really like paranoid Cautious. and he was yeah. like okay yeah i'll call you when i get home um and so father jason called a few hours later and he was like lorraine why did you warn me to be so careful on my way home and she said well i saw that your car would lose control and you would get into an accident um and he said yeah on on my way home my brakes failed and um i was almost killed in a car accident like my car's totaled whoa yeah whoa <laughs> yeah so so again, here's yeah. here's like one of the accounts of like, don't taunt Annabelle. Yeah. Don't just no, don't. Just don't. You know what? Like, let's just not push it. And then there's you another. Or not, don't do it. <laughs> there. These are some some of the things that Ed and Lorraine 
claimed had happened throughout their entire life like you know with lorraine's clairvoyance where right. he called her and he's like why did you warn me and she's like well i thought that you were gonna get into a car accident he's like i did <laughs> he's like i'm <laughs> actually currently dead right now <laughs> it's not like he called and he's like i got into a car accident is that what you saw and she was like yeah she was like you know people would ask her these things before giving her information yeah. and she would give these detailed accounts of things hmm. and people are like how could you know that yeah um and again it could just be a coincidence mm -hmm. but seems weird to me yeah and especially after following the fact where he's like annabelle you're just a doll you can't hurt anybody and yeah. she's like wanna bet he's begging for it <laughs> um so later in the year um they had the warrens had a social gathering at their house and the same priest father jason mm -hmm. um and lorraine went into the den to have a chat and annabelle had just been moved there the day before they had put her in the den why? I'm still just confused like, as to why, like, yeah, like just why? allowed to roam free. Like, put that girl on a leash or something. Yeah. Um, Wear her know. on one of those, like, baby Bjorn things. Like, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so you know where she is at all times. So um, they go into the den and Annabelle's, like, sitting on a chair or whatever, just chilling. And Having her morning coffee. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so suddenly um, there was, like, a 24-inch long boar's tooth necklace that – um, like was hanging up on the wall. It was just like a souvenir from one of their like trips. Okay. And um, the necklace exploded. Oh, like, see, the... necklaces don't normally do that. <laughs> no, I, no. I don't own a lot of jewelry, but mine don't normally explode. Mine don't either. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, like the 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 teeth like on the necklace just shattered, like just completely exploded. And everyone ran in. And for some reason, I don't know why, for some reason, someone took a picture. Well, and I would. I would, I'd be like, I need proof of this. Yeah. Like, no so one's going to believe me. When the picture was developed, um, there there were two beams of light above Annabelle's head, and they were both pointing directly at Father Jason. <gasps> so that's why they're like, we think that she hates clergymen. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, if you're a demon, you, you do. That's, yeah. Those are the people I you hate I feel like that most. makes sense. Yeah. That, that, the math checks out for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on occasion, um, Ed said that or sorry on another occasion ed said he was working on a case with a local detective about a witchcraft related murder in the area and i read that and i was like i want to know which one yes like, i don't know if that's in this book but interesting it fucking better be so he was working with this detective um and ed got called away um by a phone call and he told the detective you know he could look around but like don't touch anything yeah um and so he said five minutes later the detective came upstairs stark white and he refused to tell Ed anything that had happened. He just kept mumbling something about how the doll downstairs is real. He was like, you know, that doll is alive. Um, and, and Ed kind of just like chuckles and he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, um, Annabella. And Ed's like, now that I think about it, um, every meeting we had after that was at the detective's office like we never had <laughs> Actually, another meeting in my office it, he never came back to my house no we never had another meeting in my office ever again that's um, hilarious i'd never go back to so whatever he adds like i don't know he didn't tell me what happened but whatever happened obviously scared him and he was like this is a this is like a experienced like criminal detective yeah. he's like he didn't strike me as the kind of guy who would scare easily hmm. so again just interesting enough yeah um and here's like one of the last sort of like stories that they had so lorraine says that just last week which again this book was written in, in the 80s week. so she was like just last week ed was away in scotland on business um and they had a carpenter over to build some bookshelves in ed's office and the carpenter asked lorraine if she could move the raggedy ann doll um so he could continue working and lorraine said that in all honesty the doll terrified her but ed was gone and so she had to move it 
Um, and so she said she she got some holy water and she blessed herself um, and then blessed the doll with the sign of the cross. And she asked the carpenter if he wanted to bless himself, too. And he kind of smiled and he was like, I don't really believe in spirits or religion or whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're going to after. <laughs> and Lorraine said that um, their cat had been lying in Ed's office. Um, and as soon as she picked the doll up, the cat began screeching in pained terror um she said the cat edged all the way around the office to the door and started making a strange sounding call she had never heard a cat make before in her life um and the cat wouldn't stop until lorraine opened the door like the office door and then the cat ran out and (laughs) so she looks over at the carpenter who looks completely stunned yeah and he without saying a word grabs the holy water and then (laughs) and then blesses himself with it me like i don't i don't think i need this but i'm gonna do it anyways just in case (laughs) he's just like okay no that's that's too weird (laughs) uh and so yeah so they they talked about all of these occurrences and things that uh, just numerous people that had come into their house that had experienced things with this doll um and then eventually I know in their museum, they had it locked up in like a glass case. And there was like a sign that was like, under no circumstances, do you touch this? Like, it should be like, do not open the door. A glass case within a glass case within a glass case. And I know that I've read somewhere that they would have a priest bless that like museum with all their other, like they would, a priest would come in and bless it like once a week. Once Um, a day. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, if you're going to keep a room of all the most like evil spirits, like, Maybe, you know, once yeah. a day cleaning. They like, took their precautions. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So hmm. so that's where Annabelle sits. Like I said, I think to this day, I think Let's she's still there. Let's go play there. with it. I... <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I want to see it with my eyes. Yeah. I feel like I need to make my own assessment. But then also knowing yeah. me, I'm going to be like, I give you permission to take over my body. <laughs> 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 Just for like a joke. And then all of a sudden I'm like levitating above my bed like... <laughs> Drew's like, God damn it, not again. Oh, I told you not to give her permission. I told you I didn't the think this shit was cute. I told you. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that is the story of, of Annabelle. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's creepy, right? And it actually is really creepy because it's like, it's all like unexplainable things from like, I don't know, like normally I'll pick it apart and be like, that's false. Like that, that never happened. But like, I don't know, that's really fucking creepy. Yeah, and and again, I just feel like, from the perspective of these three people like uh, it it didn't really give a lot of backstory on them but like you know to just two like young nurses in their mid-20s and mm. and the one girl's fiance and they're like we didn't ask for this like we're not occultists <laughs> yeah, like we're we don't not want this. you know we didn't yeah th- this is too much for us <laughs> yeah, can you help little. us it just seems like very genuine to me huh. as far as again like could have been other things but as soon as ed and lorraine took the doll they never had a problem ever again forever and ever amen so good that holy water did them some good <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so so come into our merch shop real soon is some holy water <laughs> <laughs> and uh custom raggedy and dolls yeah can you imagine and it comes, <laughs> if you buy two bottles of holy water you get a raggedy and doll for free <laughs> God. pick your spirit <laughs> We have to like make friends with a priest or something. I mean, how are we getting this holy water? It's gonna be- we can't steal it. We'll definitely go to hell. Okay, so so listeners, close your ears. It's gonna be fake holy water. <laughs> it's it's Dasani. Yeah, it's it's actually Dasani, and they're gonna be like, oh, this tastes funny. <laughs> yeah, but this Fuck like Dasani. Crap. Never sponsor us. <laughs> oh, just 
disgusting. Gross. I was just having a conversation it's, today about how bad Dasani tastes. It's not water. <laughs> like, it's not. It literally tastes like cold, melted plastic to me. I once heard that Dasani is one third tap water. And I'm like, that's an insult to tap water. No, I mean, tap, tap water, water is good as good. shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if I say something's good as shit, that's a good thing. It's not like, oh, it's good and it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's good as shit. It's good as shit. Yeah. Fuck Dasani. That's the moral of this <laughs> not <a> story. Sponsor. <laughs> uh, on this week's, you know, how to not get killed, don't drink Dasani. Don't drink Dasani. Don't invite spirits into your home. We're going to get sued every single episode by some kind of like brand or person because they're going to get sponsored by like priests. Yeah. <laughs> priests are going to be like, yeah, yeah, fuck Dasani. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like, yeah, that shit sucks. <laughs> Uh, man i'm glad we think we're funny (laughs) yeah um yeah so i mean guys like let me know your thoughts what do you think i mean it's i'm not i was raised i was raised catholic i'm not a particularly religious person at this point in my life but i just think that i think this case is weird i think it's creepy it's it's, yeah like I, i again i don't go one way or the other i just think i can say one thing for sure if that was happening to me uh yeah like i would probably be calling a priest <laughs> i i would be calling someone I, if I, that was happening to me i'd freak the fuck out i'd freak out it I sounds know what to terrifying do. yeah even before yeah. the attack it, if i have anything in my apartment or my house that's moving and i'm not doing it shit's going down yeah I, i'm upset <laughs> see that's for me that's the bonus of living with drew because like i will no matter what be able to chalk it up to him fucking with me yeah yeah that's, and like that's great to have someone you know that you can blame that on because if something's going on and you just don't even know it then you can't acknowledge it exactly. and then it doesn't get worse it won't like progress to that next step yeah the sun just like blasted in <laughs> i'm being like abducted right now <laughs> like <laughs> peggy's being taken by <laughs> by a beam of light <laughs> I've, I've talked too much shit about the spirits the sky <laughs> opened and they were like she's coming with us oh and see as soon as i said that it stopped they were like oh she's she's too tough we can't take her she's a tough cookie to crack they don't want us they're like "Ooh, not good enough she shit her pants <laughs> all right well um that's my first case i liked it good job Haley. Oh, thanks good thanks. i'm gonna get like hate emails like get this chick off of here Help. talking wait. about dolls get our pitchforks guys <laughs> let's do this well, um, I had fun. I, I definitely, I think I creep myself out um, rereading this book. I like it's it. terrifying, I would just say, if anyone, yeah, the demonologist, um, give well, it a read. Well, don't let them buy it, because then they're going to- Give gonna, it a read if you just want to They're just going to go and start their own pants. podcast. Don't read it at night. I used to read it at night, and it scared the Why crap out of that? me. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, I, like I said, with the scary movies and stuff, I'm mm. like, I can do that, so I could read this at night. Don't read it at night. No. Read it in the broad daylight yeah. on a nice sunny day mm-hmm. um, when you can remind yourself that you know, you're know you not possessed by a demon. Yeah. <laughs> and don't invite the demons into your life. No. No matter what, do not invite- no. Invite them to get the fuck out of your life. <laughs> yeah. You are welcome to... Get the fuck out. Leave. Yeah. You're welcome to fuck There's off. the door. Get it. All right. That's it. So, That's it, guys. Yeah. Basically, if you want to, like, be cool and join our... We're still thinking of a name, but our cult of people. Mm-hmm. Go to patreon.com slash how to not get killed. Sign up. Be cool. Give us all your money. That's pretty much it. We're, yeah. we're cool people. You're all cool we people. Get into it. You know, email us, um, send us your thoughts and all your comments and cool stuff to how to not get killed at gmail.com. 
you can like comment on our pictures and DM us. I like talking to everybody. So does Haley. So just, you yeah. know, just send a message. You know, just have some conversations. Yeah. At on, how to not get killed on Instagram. Yeah. Do that. Do all of those things. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys. Well, we won't see. We, we we keep saying that. I'm you know like, what? I'm just going to see you guys. They're going to see us. No one's seeing anybody. I will see all of you personally. Like spiritually. <laughs> I'll be showing up as you're listening. Just like look around because I'm there. You're going to be like that, that, you know, like that black cat. Yeah. It's me. Appear, and then you'll just dematerialize. Just, you'll just gone. dissipate into yeah. the thin air. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. People are going to start getting like really creeped out. Like, I swear to God, I saw <laughs> okay, you standing behind me. I don't want these me. people to follow me or just show up in my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you, when you join our, our group, you know? That's another I level just... of the <laughs> Patreon. If you pay this much money, we will appear as an apparition in your bedroom. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, we can figure out how to do this. (laughs) Make this happen. Okay. Uh, It's happening. All right. Well, (laughs) guys, keep it sleazy. Until next time. Peace out.